Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. I think that was a perspective shifter. You can take your seats if you can, take your seats. What a shock that is to our system someday. Some days. Am I right? What a shock that would be to the devil, you know. All the work that he does in your life during the week trying to mess you up and you come to church and then three songs you're back to being a new creation in Christ <laughs> the old things have passed away behold all things have become new can I hear an amen venue church all that the devil does in the end is going to come down Jesus wins it all in the end it's just our job here to give it to him right now we get a volunteer for boot camp we get a volunteer for the fight now there's a few things I'm grateful for I'm grateful for you. You're one of the things on my list. Take a look around at the people in this room who have been saved and are not quite sanctified, but we're getting there. (laughs) I don't know if you remember where you were a few years ago, but we were in a bad spot as a family, as a marriage. My wife and I, and we're pretty open about these sorts of things, and we weren't even in Airdrie. I, I, I look back and I remember what God has done. When I remember, then I have faith for tomorrow. And David didn't face, Goliath wasn't the first Goliath David had faced. There was a lion and a bear that God had, but we so easily forget what God has done. But in the remembering comes the power for tomorrow. I'm uh, preaching a sermon series called ghost stories we got any people who are like into Halloween too much in the house today I still think Halloween is a bit creepy so I thought we'd call this series ghost ghost stories the Holy Spirit in you the Holy maybe you missed that part I'll give you another chance here the Holy Spirit in you the Holy Spirit in you today my sermon is called ghosting the Holy Ghost some, uh, some Christians, you know, I don't know if, if maybe I'm talking to you. I got nothing against it, I guess. But some people on Halloween, they just kind of shut all the lights off and hide in the basement. And I don't know if they're afraid that the devil will come with the neighborhood kids looking for candy, too. Our, our family decided, you know what? People are already going around. Why don't we go meet some of these people and invite them to church? Uh, why don't our, we make our candy bags the best on the block? They're not because I'm too cheap, but, you know, that was my theory until I'm like, candy costs how much? And it goes on sale after Halloween? We're going to actually create cards for our next uh, series at the movies in November, and, and we're going to hand them to you so that you can hand them out with your Halloween stuff. How does that sound? I think that's a pretty good plan. That was my idea, actually. Most of the time I have to steal other people's ideas, but that was all mine. I'm not going to make the cards. I'm not going to design the cards. I'm not going to ship the cards, but that was my idea. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, Sean. I was uh, blown away by last week and by your response to the, the Pastor Pradeep, and I feel like I'm getting some interference here. Is it the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Are we tracking this down? Um. Was Pastor Pradeepin, did he not knock it out of the park last week? I want to say thank you very much. You know what he said when he, when he, went, when, uh, he went back home, or uh, before he went back home, he said to me, uh, he said, Corey, uh, 
my church only gives me feedback in the sermon about 25% of what your church does. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, my church does it that way every week to me too. (laughs) Yeah, they absolutely do. They were absolutely excited to be in church every week. You know, it's funny that um, sometimes what we do is is we live in this... um, our virtual reality is this place where when God sends people, see, you're asking for answers and solutions and God sends people. Um, and so God sent us Pastor Pradeepan from Kalos Church in, in Bellevue last week. Now, here's the thing. I want you to take my approach to the people that God sends me. So he comes here and he preaches it and he lights it up and it was amazing. That's awesome. You know what? I am so, I'm threatened 0% by that. You know why? Because you got what you needed and I got what I needed. And, and there's this security that, that is in me that I want to be in you too because so often we're like, well, God, I just wish that I had that gift. And I wish I had what she had and I wish I had the resources that he had and I wish that I had what that business had and I wish I had what that and I wish that I had kids and I don't and I wish that I had all of these things. And there's, it comes from this deep place of insecurity, but when God sends people to you, you get their gift too. And there has to be this thing where our insecurity and pride goes down where we're just like, thank God for you. And uh, there are some people here in the house that you need to go to NXT. I don't know what's been keeping you back from getting involved in Venue Church. We need your gift. We're missing it in the house. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of things, but we need you. I need, I need to see what God wants to do through you because I'm missing something in my life. And I, we are not threatened by you at all. We'd love to. Come on. Come to the party. Come out to NXT. We're not doing it today, but next week. It's an intro to Venue Church. But we want you to get plugged into the dream team. Get, get plugged into life. You, you get what you give. And we want you to see, when I use my gift to bless you, it doesn't just bless you, it also blesses me. You need to use your gift. Or it might dry up. I don't want that for you. Ghosting the Holy Ghost. Don't ghost God with the gift that he gave you. Ghosting the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit in the Trinity is like mom. Now I'm going to say he just because that's kind of been church tradition and I won't be able to shake that loose and in this series, I've got three parts in this series. And the, the Holy Spirit, there's the, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's called the Trinity. So three separate but, but the same. So Godhead three in one. So there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, how many people know that if you want connection with your father, sometimes you need the help of your mom? Now, this sermon is going to land on you in a different place depending on your relationship with your earthly father. So I'm just going to give you a heads up there. There's going to be some pushback in your, in your soul if, uh, if your relationship with your earthly father wasn't good. So I'm going to preach to you out of a place of health because my earthly father is here. And I have a great relationship with him. What it enabled me to do was to, and that has nothing to do with me being awesome or anything. I was just super lucky. <laughs> right? And so, but what that enabled me to do was transfer that relationship to the relationship with God, my father, with very, very little problem at all. See, you want connection with God, your heavenly father, and you want it with people. I want connection with God, my heavenly father, and I want it with people. But what the Holy Spirit's role is here, because God the Father is in heaven, Jesus is actually in heaven too, the Holy Spirit is the one here doing all of the works and doing all of the, the Holy Spirit comes alongside you and says, it's okay, you're you're fighting now, but it's okay, it's going to be okay, we'll just get to church, just go to small group, just open your Bible and see what I have to say about this, come on, come on, come on. And you know what my mom did one time, she she said to me, because my dad is like uber work related, (laughs) focused, all right, anybody know Pastor Richard in the house here? 
I didn't have a, like a whole lot of emotional conversations with dad because that's just not who dad was, <laughs> which is fine because that's not, not who dad was. And my mom said to me one time, she said, because she's like, Corey, you're impatient. And I'm like, what? Tell me more. This seems so. <laughs> I feel like you're talking to me. She's, she says, you're super impatient. So when you want your dad's attention, what you do is you just come and you just demand his attention like right now. But she said something to me that day. She said, and I was a teenager. She said, son, if you want your father's attention, you have to connect with him on his terms. What do you mean? He is who he is. He is a certain way. And you need to adapt to him if you want connection. So that works because I had a good dad. So, so, but this is where it gets a little bit weird with, with God because the Holy Spirit is like, good, I will help align you to what works for God your Father if you want connection with God your Father. Now, that could land on you in a funny place because maybe your dad was a control freak and hurt you and like, I don't know, that wasn't my experience. So just why don't you just piggyback on my experience so that I can show you how this thing works and what could be, be true of your life tomorrow with your connection with God, your heavenly father, because God, look, God is a father to the fatherless. And I saw the struggles that my wife had having a father who just wasn't there and just unconcerned and uncaring. and un, You know what I mean? Like I saw that struggle and I'm like, let me help you remove that from your life and let's get the Holy Spirit in play so that this relationship with God, your heavenly father is connected. And so this is what my mom said. She said, okay, he's, he can't, when he's in the middle of something, don't interrupt him. It's disrespectful. And I'm like, but interrupting is what tiggers do best. Don't. <laughs> Don't interrupt him. She's like, if this is what you do, this is what works for me, she said. This is what you have to do. You have to say, okay, dad, when you have a minute, I have some questions about this topic. So that when he comes over in 15 or 20 minutes, you'll have all of his attention because there's one thing that's true of my dad. He stays with something until it's done. If there's one thing that's true of your heavenly father, he stays with it until it's done. He stays with you until it's done. Now, if you want that kind of energy and like, but he'll stay with you until your problem is solved. But it's a matter of respect to come to him on his terms. Does that make sense? It's a matter of respect to come to your boss on their terms, on her terms, because it's just this thing. It's just the way that it needs to work. And then when, when your father comes to you, Corey, then he'll be there and he'll help solve your problems. And I realized that is what I naturally did with God, my heavenly father. But this is our temptation. This is our temptation. We want God to come to us on our terms. Right? Because every relationship that you have, human relationship, is some form of negotiation or other. Because you're dealing with imperfect people. The, the person across the table is imperfect like you. So there's this compromise, this idea of negotiation and compromise. But see, with your Heavenly Father, it's not like that. Because you're the teenager and he's the father. He has developed. He has done all of the work. He is perfect. He has never had a thought that harmed you. You know what I mean? Like he has never had regret of anything that he has done. He has never said something and like, ooh, I need to backtrack that up. Everything agrees with everything else. He is one. He is unified. There is nothing wrong in him. There is only love in him. And so when we realize what happens here is I, I wasn't feeling connected with my dad. And my mom basically told me, and the Holy Spirit's telling somebody here today that, your own mind will 
and emotions are your greatest barriers to God. There are no barriers on his side. You might be coming to God. This might be all new to you. There are no barriers from God's side to you. The barriers are all in your own mind, your own will, and your emotions. In your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your intellect, your emotions, what you feel, your desires, what you want. That's where all the fights come from. I read, and I think it's in the book of Galatians. Paul the Apostle is like, let me just clear it up for you. You fight because you don't have what you want yet. That's it. That's why you fought on the way to church on Thanksgiving morning. <laughs> My daughter Arwen's like, I don't know what it is about Thanksgiving and, and conflict, but man, we had like six fights on the way out the door. I'm like, that's the way that it is. The devil's like, hey, let's keep you from giving thanks, so let's get you all in. But you're, you're not getting what you want. What if God changed what you want? What if God changed your emotions, changed your thoughts to align? See, the Holy Spirit's like, I can align you, but the barriers you have to understand are all on your side. He's not saying that to browbeat you. He's like, so let's remove the barriers. But if you think that the barriers are on the side of God, you've already lost. You're actually blaming him for that thing that happened to No, no, you don't understand the nature of sin and the broken universe. He came to fix it and redeem it. He didn't break it. Oh my goodness, you've been blaming him for the death of your brother. No, he's just here to help where he can help. But he didn't break the world. He gave it to you, and we turned it over to the devil, and the devil broke it, because that's what he does. And he sent Jesus in to redeem it and took the weight of the sin of the world upon Jesus and removed all the barriers. There's no barrier between you and heaven. There's no barrier between you and God, only what's in here. So this series, I want you to understand that we've got to quit pointing the finger outward. We have to start looking inward to fix the problem because there is no problem out there with God. In fact, I would suggest to you that most of your conflict in life, you can't change the other person anyways. Have you figured that out yet? Did you marry a fixer-upper? Don't you elbow your husband right now, you insensitive person. I can fix him. Ah. Uh, no, you can fix you, though. But what happens is we get into this weird place of entitlement. Married people are laughing way too much right now, y'all. It's starting to concern me. We get into this weird place of entitlement where all of our problems eventually become the other person's fault. You cannot fix the other person. You can fix you. And as soon as you take the blame off of where it belongs in your life, you are going to stay the same. You cannot change. You cannot complain and change at the same time. Well, you don't understand, pastor. I understand. I'm a pastor. I got it. I'm the son of a pastor. I have seen lots of life. Oh, there's so much I want to tell you right now. I can't. I can't. It put, can't go online. Just trust, just, just trust me. See, there's this thing that the Holy Spirit wants to show you that there can't be a victim mentality in any part of your life. If you belong to Jesus, if you've given your life to Christ, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of the living God. There is no self-pity. There's no place for a victim mentality. I can't because I can't because Jesus hangs on a cross. Never one time did he feel sorry for himself. No, we would have lost salvation had he done that because that's called sin. There is no victim mentality. Here's the problem, though. You know, you find that you're in a, a jail of your making or somebody else made it for you. And you think to yourself, if only I was free, then I could. And if only they would or would stop, then I could. The barriers are not there. That is not how God thinks about your scenario. The barriers are inside of you. Nobody can put you in a prison unless you decide that they can. No case of abuse can keep you there. 
if the power of God is on your side and the healing of Christ is here. There is nothing that has ever been done to you or nothing you have ever done that cannot be forgiven and cannot be redeemed. Nothing. There are no barriers on the side of God. But when we take this victim mentality, how strange would that be in heaven? God's like, okay, Jesus died. All the resurrection power of the Prince of Heaven is with this, is with Corey. And he's whining about what now? <laughs> Somebody cut in front of him at the gas pump. He just lost his Holy Spirit. Because somebody cut in front of him at the McDonald's line. Why is he eating McDonald's anyways? He should be eating healthier. I've been talking to him about this, but... It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to connect with God? Let's let the Holy Spirit show us how. You want to connect with God, your Heavenly Father? Okay, well, alignment is the key. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside of you and is like, let me fix some of these things up. The barriers are on your side. You're not thinking about your Father, right? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I wish that my Father would come to me. He found you when you were lost, but it, it doesn't get you what you need when he comes down to you all of the time. Then he would be honoring you a little too much, I think. Some people are very needy and need prayer all of the time. I think sometimes God is like, well, why don't you do the last thing that I told you? Because there's no victims here. There's nothing that's been done to you that I can't redeem and return to you tenfold. That's what he would say to you. There's... Paul and Silas are in jail and it's midnight and their backs have been beat. They took a beating that they didn't even deserve as Roman citizens. It was illegal to give them as Roman citizens. They kept their mouth shut. It's it's at midnight and they're singing songs in the jail. Why? Because they were in prison, but they weren't in prison, if you know what I'm talking about. Because the Holy Spirit was in the house and they're like, I am not a victim of this circumstance. I am not a victim of this person. I am not a victim of anything. You can't be a victim and a victor at the same time. You can't decide you've already lost and win at the same time. And so the Holy Spirit sets people in your life and sets things in your life and sets, organizes things for you to get involved in. Church is one of those huge things. He, he knows the week that's coming and he has me preach a sermon like I'm preaching right now. And if you're here, you get it. And if you don't, you'll spend two or three times on the topic of the sermon tomorrow just to break even. A small group comes around, you're like, I'm too, I'm too tired for a small group or whatever. Look, and I'm not saying whatever, I'm just a pastor. I just, I'm allowed to speak the truth too without being nice all the time. <laughs> the topic would save you your family fight tomorrow. That's why it's the topic. Because the Holy Spirit's like, I got it. Yep, no, if you just show up for dinner, you'll get fed. And we're like, what? I'm, I have this other thing I'm going to do over here. And he's like, but... And then you fight all week, and all you do at the end of the week is maybe break even, but that's not what the Holy Spirit intended. The first, first Wednesday. If you were at first Wednesday, you got something that nobody else got. I taught this thing, and I'm not going to teach it here, because if you missed it, you missed it. Let me tell you how my mom was, because you think the Holy Spirit is all soft and all nice and stuff. Man, the Holy Spirit is full of Irish. I'm telling you, you think that the Holy Spirit is signified as a dove because doves are peaceful. Doves, doves are the most vicious little creatures, man. You come after the nest of a dove, man, they mess you up. They don't care who you are. My mom would be like, hey, dinner's at six. If you want dinner, it's at six, right? Guess who's not making you macaroni at 10 if you miss dinner? The Holy Spirit. Y'all, teenagers, your mom is the Holy Spirit. You think I'm joking? Listen to your mom. 
If she doesn't like that boy, there's something wrong with him. Get an upgrade. Hallelujah. Come on, moms, you got to back me up there. I just saved you a lifetime of hurt. Girls, don't date stupid. That's for free. I don't know why I had to say that, but that's for free. This is what we do, though. We ghost the Holy Spirit because we have better options. We think that we do. We keep our, our options open until the last possible minute, and then it's like you're with the Holy... Have you ever been with... If I'm with my mom, and, and I'm talking to her, and she and I are having this intense conversation, and then I like go, bloop, and my phone comes up. Bloop. Social media. Sorry, some random person commented on a Facebook thing. Sorry, Mom, just give me a minute here. And now all of a sudden, she's got 10% of my attention. You wake up first thing in the morning, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I'm waiting for you in the Word of God and in prayer. And you're like, boop, let's just check my social status. And they have more likes on their pictures of flowers (laughs) that nobody cares about, but they have to like it or you won't like their stuff. And we ghost the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is, the Word of God is near you, even in your mouth, like is right, right, right here, now, here and now. And the Holy Spirit is here with you now, and your attention span is so you just ghost the Holy Spirit all the time. Dinner is ready, and you don't show up for dinner, and you miss it, and then you get hungry, and then you complain to the Holy Spirit. Then you spend two or three times the amount of time and energy it would have taken to get it right in the first place to try to fix it all week, and you only break even at the end of the week. But that is not what God your Heavenly Father intended for you. Let me tell you what God your Heavenly Father is like. He will push you to find your destiny. He believes in you tomorrow, not you yesterday. You spend all your time worried about the past. He's like, what? The past? No, I redeemed that. Why are we still talking about this? Well, I can't because I didn't. He's like, you can't. Yeah, no, I know, but I can't. If you come to me on my terms, I'll come and fix it. If you come to me on my terms, then I'll come and fix it. You sit there and try to fix it, try to fix it. I'm going to show you in the scripture why, how, it, how this happens. I try to fix it, I try to fix it, I try to God's like, has your little child, anybody have like little kids? Something breaks electronically and they're like, the kids are like, <laughs> they're trying to fix it, right? And they're like, I've done this so many times, guys. I got four daughters. I'm just like, give it to dad. And sit there and cry and I'm just like, oh my goodness. Give it to dad. Give it to dad. Do you want to fix it or not? And give it to dad. Here's the thing. But you got to give it. If I got to come over and see, your heavenly father's not like that. He wants to raise adults. Not let you revisit your four-year-old life. For some of us, it's time to grow up. We've been coming to church for years and we're not really even involved in stuff like that. Well, okay, it's time to stop being spiritual teenagers. Let's start connecting with God on his terms. Because here's, here's what I know. Here's what I know. When I was a spiritual teenager, when I was a physical teenager, when I was like 17, 18, 19, you know, my dad, like, he was okay, but he didn't know all that much. But isn't it funny, when you get into your 20s, how much dad matures? The barrier wasn't on his side, the barrier was on my side. I found out, oh, that's why you go home at 11 o'clock at night. He was right. Bad stuff does happen after dark. (laughs) See, your, your own... Mind, your own will, your own emotions, your own flesh is the barrier. And if I know something about church people, we have far too much flesh in the church. I'll explain this in a sec. There are far too many Christians trying to live their spirituality in the flesh and not in the spirit. I was talking to some people last night. I'm like, here's what we do. We, we erect these weird little, um, can I say this? Have you ever seen scaffolding done in countries that have no codes whatsoever? And they've got like this board nailed to this chicken and it's just like... 
And they got this thing on top of this other thing. And I'm like, this is what the Holy Spirit showed me yesterday. He said, this is people's attempt to connect with God, their Heavenly Father. You patch this thing to that thing, patch this thing to that thing. And oh my goodness, then the storms of life come and it all comes tumbling down. God's like, I need to do a, uh, I need to do a swap of scaffolding. Which means I need a hook from heaven to come and hold you up in the storm. And then I need another one to take that thing out of your heart that you think is okay because it's part of your flesh, but it's not working. I need to trade your flesh for your spirit. And if you were at First Wednesday, I preached about how to deal with your flesh and your spirit, but I'm not going to tell you because you missed it. If you want to be a a spiritual head of your home men, get to First Wednesday. Get some authority. You want to be a group leader? Get some spiritual authority to speak out of. The flesh and the spirit. You can't can't do both and please God. The flesh and the spirit. We try to cast the flesh out, but you can't. All you can do is discipline the flesh. You try to make a deal with another spirit, you can't. You got to cast that out. But that's all you should have been the first Wednesday. That's all I'm saying. Galatians chapter 5. Paul the Apostle says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So he says here, like, okay, try really, really hard to stop doing what your sinful nature craves, then let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Oh, the scaffolding. Let the, wait, so let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then show up. Then open your Bible. Then you won't. Not I'm going to get all cleaned up and then I'm going to. You'll become a weird fleshly Christian. Give it a year or two. I have watched this I don't even know how many times. You get baptized and then a year later you think you know more than your pastor knows. Oh, sweetheart, you don't know anything yet, man. You just walked into a battle and you still got, like, you're, you're wearing one of those, like, sleep on the airplane masks on. And you got earplugs in. You don't even know what's going on. You're just stumbling around. And I'm like, oh, man, you're going to get shot in the face. We've got to get you some training. This is the way that it goes because you, beat, you kick a habit and you think that because you, you kicked one habit, you think that you'll be able to kick all the rest, too. And the Spirit of God is like, well, no, I'm the only one who can do the rest. You have to discipline yourself, and I'll give you a bit of wins here, but you have to learn how to depend on the Holy Spirit to show you how to connect with the Father. The flesh is not the problem. The problem is you're not going to the Spirit first. Then He will help you with the flesh. You spend all your time dealing with the flesh. You spend all your time arguing to fix your wife. When you follow the Spirit, then He'll start talking to you about your flesh. The sinful nature wants to do evil. What? No, my intentions were good. I didn't mean to take that thing from me. Yeah, you absolutely did. But have you not figured this out yet? Yeah, you do what you want to do. Yeah. I didn't mean to say that thing. What? I'm pretty sure that I meant to say everything that I said. After the time I was like six. Ooh, that landed. No, no, that's the problem is my flesh wants to. <laughs> You, can, you, you have to discipline your flesh, but you can't change yourself from the inside out. That's what the Spirit does. You can't change your child from the inside out. Seek the Spirit of God for your child, and then maybe they'll start from the inside out wanting to hang out with different people. It's just the opposite of what the Spirit wants, and the Spirit gives us desires. What? They don't come from you. You're not all that good. They come from the Spirit. A hook from heaven comes down and starts tying you to heaven's principles and to heaven's Some people are going to get to heaven and all that scaffolding is going to come down in one moment. They're going to be like, oh, I thought I was really close to God. And God's like, you hardly got here. 
that pile of scaffolding down there with the fish all nailed to each other and stuff like that. Well, I don't even know what you were thinking. <laughs> grave clothes, remember last week? Yeah. You haven't changed out of your grave clothes. The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces constantly fight each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So you have good intentions, and this is what we say, I wish that I had the freedom of people who can do whatever they want. That is what babies do. I'm going to go to the bathroom right now. How's that freedom working for you? I want to watch whatever I want to watch with whoever I want to watch it. How's the freedom working for you? It'll put a chain on you quicker than you can... That was a good illustration. That wasn't in my notes. That must have been the Holy Spirit. I'm just telling you. Holy Spirit's changed a lot of diapers. I want to keep that in the podcast. I feel like that was good. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Bloop. Sexual immorality. Bloop. Impurity. Lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. Here's a little trick on division. Somebody told me this one time. Do you know what it's called when you have more than one vision? Division. Oh, but I know more than my boss. Do you know what it's called when you have more than one vision? Division. The boss ain't getting fired, everybody. Division. That's for free. And give him the offering later if you want to. (laughs) Some of you have built a scaffolding called wealth. And you think that it all can't go away in one day. And you think it can get you connection with God and people. It cannot. Generosity can. A hook from heaven. God's provision can. God's like, hey, why don't you give me a tenth and I'll give you everything else. I'll guarantee your original investment and then I'll bless your kids and I'll bless your man and I'll bless all this other stuff too. You're like, that makes no sense. Right, because nailing a fish to a duck makes sense. <laughs> That's good. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have said, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. We mean will not. Will not. That's what... When the Holy Spirit breathed this to Paul, that's what he actually meant. Will not, and cannot. The, the two worlds are at odds with each other. You cannot come in your flesh and please God. It must be by the Spirit. Just go back for a second to, to uh, 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Did you know that God is looking for one thing from you? Fruit. Well, I thought he just did this all for free. Oh, it's free to you. He demands fruit of you with other people. You use all of that time that you used to spend sinning. Now help somebody else avoid spending all their time wrecking their lives. No, no, he's looking for great fruit with you. A lot of fruit with you. Not just a little bit, a lot. The results are very clear. Did you know that any logic that does not give you the result that you want is not logic? How are your feelings doing? But they're, they're my feelings and they're legitimate because they're me. What? My four-year-old had feelings too. 
She's legitimate. Her feelings weren't. Not true. Sometimes, a little. If you're not getting the results, why don't we learn how to follow the Spirit? Because you're following your flesh, you're getting fleshly results. Up to you. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Trade one scaffolding for the hooks of heaven. He's saying, love. Yeah. Some of us are afraid. Do you know why you're afraid? Because you don't have enough love. There's just not enough love in your life. Well, nobody's giving me love. <laughs> take, this, take the duck out. Here's a hook from heaven. Love is something you give. It's not something you get. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Give first. But nobody's giving me love, right? It's because you're not giving love. It's got no landing pad. The helicopter's circling, but you're not giving. You're waiting. And you got no landing pad. Give. Love. Joy. Joy in the middle of the battle. Joy in the middle of the fight. Like, hey, look, it's good to cry when you're a Christian, but you can have joy one second later because you know where you're going and you know that there's a hope beyond the veil. Joy. Love, joy, peace, patience. Even for me, even for me. (laughs) Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Some of us, our hearts are not faithful. We are trying to connect with God on our terms. It makes us unfaithful. I watch people give their commitment sometimes. And the devil can get in there and start twisting them up so that when they leave, and they leave too early, and they break their word, they actually think that they're doing it because God told them to. Faithfulness. I had a good dad. Do you know what faithfulness meant? If you gave your word... Keep it. What if I disagree with myself? (laughs) Kick that one to the curb and keep the one that keeps his word. Well, that's good preaching. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. What? Take all your intentions and just nail them there. Take all your flesh and just nail it there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every area of our lives. Then it goes on to say, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. But pastor, how do I deal with my flesh? How do I deal with my flesh? I've been going to church for 20 years. I don't know how to deal with my flesh. It just keeps coming back up and the patterns just keep emerging. There is a doctrine of the New Testament church that has been largely avoided. Maybe that's your past. In the next two weeks, I'm going to unwind this and show you straight from the word of God what we missed. You cannot please God with your flesh. The trouble is when we get to this place, I'm going to talk to Christians now. If you're not a Christ follower, you might enjoy this. I don't ever want to hear you say that I have enough of God. I have enough of the Holy Spirit. I'm good. What does that mean? You're going to heaven and you're good with that? You and your unsanctified state need to get to your neighbor and get them there too. You don't have enough for what God wants you to do tomorrow because I know what he wants you to do and it's a lot. My father and my father here 
had high demand of me, high expectations of me. Because he loved me, I never one time thought, what does he want from me? No, no, no. What did he want for me? That's why he could ask me. That's why he could command me. No, 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 no. I want this for you. I want you to overcome this mountain for you. For you. I will not accept anything less than I will not accept anything less than your best every minute of every day. And if you blow it, that's fine. It's forgiven. It's in the past. But here's tomorrow. And there's this courage you get from God, your heavenly father, that you get from no place else. When he finally looks in you and says, well done. Well done. That's what I'm looking for. But I can't find it in my flesh. I can't find it if I'm still kind of packing this trailer around with me. No. Let Be led by the spirit in every area of your lives. Then you won't struggle with the flesh as much. See... If you've given your life to Christ and been adopted, the Holy Spirit came within you and gave you enough for one. But there's this other move of the Holy Spirit that you may never have asked God for. See, but if you want it, you're actually going to have to go his way and ask him for it. When Jesus said, don't you dare leave Jerusalem. Don't leave Jer- All you've got is enough for you, Peter. Don't you leave Jerusalem. Something happens to Peter, though, and he preaches and 3,000 people get saved when his own neck is on the line and he doesn't die. And he actually, you feeling me? Something happened. The Holy Spirit was not just within. The Holy Spirit came upon. See, when you get saved, there's a, a well of water springing up inside of you that gives you eternal life. But there's supposed to be this river, the scriptures say, that flow out of you to save your neighborhood and to save your community and get to your teenager. There's this other thing for service that you and I need. And I'm going to be opening up the scriptures the next two weeks. And I'm going to be preaching straight from the New Testament, straight from the word of God. And you are going to find out how you get connected with the spirit and how you disconnect the flesh. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that people would open up our hearts to you. See, some of us had bad relationships with our fathers and we're secretly afraid that if we ask you for something that you're going to give us something else. But in Luke 11, you said, Jesus said, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This scripture is speaking to sons and daughters. How much more will your heavenly father? This is not speaking to outsiders. This is speaking to insiders. Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Heavenly Father, right now, at the beginning of this series, we're asking you for more of your Holy Spirit. Father, on my deathbed, I will be asking you for more of the Holy Spirit and more of the Holy Spirit and more of the Holy Spirit and more of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.